0: Welcome to the Golden Bro Awards, recognizing 2020's best and brightest. I'm your host, Sarah Newman, and I'm joined by the college football bros.
1: Thank you very much, Sarah. I am the youngest bro, Michael Newman. I'm the middle bro, Ryan Newman. And that would make me the oldest bro, Trey Newman. All right. So this is, of course, the fourth annual Golden Bro Awards. And the way we determine these is all three of us submitted a top three list for each award. So you get three points for first place, two for second, one for third. And for the first time this year, we gave the listeners, the fourth bros, a vote. So their collective ballot on the Google Forms link we posted will count as the, the fourth vote here. So thanks everyone for voting. And these are, of course, recognizing the top performers of this past 2020 season. And if you'd like to see us decked out in formal attire for the occasion, Looking dapper. Pretty Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. We are all we're in suits. Sarah's got a dress on. Trey's got a lovely, uh, lovely. What color is that tie? Oh, oh, it's a
2: green and blue, and it's beautiful. lots of
1: different colors. So there beautiful. you go. Very nice. <laughs> Check it out. Um, let's, uh, without further ado, get to the first award of the night.
0: Which team had the nation's best offense?
3: The best offense, I think this one's the, maybe the easiest answer, uh, of the entire Golden Bros. Um, my, my first choice, and I think as everybody's choice is Alabama. I mean, when you have three out of the top five Heisman winners or vote getters on the same offense, it's going to be Bama and and including, of course, the Heisman winner and Devontae Smith. I mean, Mac Jones was one of the most efficient course quarterback seasons ever. Najee Harris was incredible. Um, they were number one in yards per play. 7.7 7. they were tied with actually BYU but i think Alabama's schedule might have been a little bit harder a little uh, bit a little bit harder than BYU so they were just they were just incredible they were second in scoring do you know who the first was i know michael will know this <laughs> kent state yeah kent state the golden flashes hey shout out to kent state man they were great they were great in their four games that they played this year but again mm-hmm. Alabama far far and away the best offense this year not even close
1: yeah, they averaged even uh, slightly more points per game than than last year's LSU's <laughs> offense, which is crazy. Uh, I had, just to bring up an honorable mention here, I had Florida second on my ballot. I thought Kyle Trask, at least in the regular season, I thought he had yeah. arguably the best uh, regular season of any quarterback in the country. And they put up big numbers on the best defenses. They played 38 on AM, 44 on Georgia, 46 on Bama. So they deserve a nod here as well. Totally agree with you there uh, on on. Bama, of course, and then
2: Florida. And then, if I had to mention anyone else, Ryan, you kind of touched on BYU. They led the nation with 7.9 yards per play. And every time I watched BYU, I was just so impressed the way Zach Wilson navigated that offense. But uh, Bama clearing away.
1: All right. Who'd the fourth bros go for, Ryan? And the golden bro for the (laughs) best offense. You're not the announcing fourth. the award. Don't take Sarah's.
3: Oh man. Come on,
1: Ryan. I'm not good at it. I'll let the go. The fourth go. bros who was on their ballot, though.
3: The fourth bros was number one, was Alabama.
1: Yeah, no surprise there. No surprise. Right. No surprise. Let's get to the winner.
0: And so the golden bro for the best offense goes to Alabama.
1: Oh wow. Yep. A lot of suspense there for sure. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on.
0: Which team had the nation's best defense?
2: For me, I mean, I actually kind of liked Northwestern. Uh, you know, they were just incredible in the in the Big Ten this year. I mean, they had their linebackers, Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, Mike Hankowitz, uh, the defensive coordinator, retiring this year after 50 plus years of coaching pat fitzgerald they had an incredible credible group they stymied basically everyone they played they made ohio state scratch and claw in the big 10 championship only held them to 22 points and they did it with an offense that didn't help them out at at all on the other yeah. side of the ball so
1: that was what was more impressive to me yeah that's a good choice they i had them second on my ballot i feel feel like there were three or four teams you could have easily put number one here um, I went with Cincinnati. I uh, just love their secondary. Ahmad Gardner and James Wiggins both were were All-Americans in that secondary. They were fourth in the nation in yards per play allowed. And the best offense they faced, uh, offenses they faced, they did well. So UCF, I know they put up a lot of points, but there were a lot of possessions that game. They allowed five yards per pass attempt against UCF, which is insane, 3.3 yeah. 3 yards per carry. Held SMU to 13 points. Georgia, which was on fire at the end of the year, held them to just 24 so. I thought they uh, were deserving. This is definitely an uh, up, up in the up in the
3: air uh, category here, uh, unlike the offense. Because um, I, I went with Georgia as my number one here. They were only two teams scored more than 24 points against them all year. Florida and Bama, maybe the two best offenses in the country. Um, mm-hmm. They were ninth in the country in yards per play. But I remind you, like, <laughs> Florida, they went up against Florida and Bama. So those numbers are incredible when you consider the, the great offenses that they were playing. But they were number one in rushing yards per attempt and yards given up. And they were twenty yards better than the second place team. They gave up like seventy-two rushing yards per game. The next place was like ninety-two. So they were just dominant against the run. And they, but they were also top ten in sacks. So they were just great against the pass and the run. Um so to me they had kind of maybe the best talent um and maybe the the best uh kind of up front. So I went with Ugga. All right, Trey, who'd the fourth bros vote for? Fourth
2: bros, top three ended up being they went with Cincinnati over Northwestern and Alabama. Okay.
0: The Golden Bro for best defense goes to Cincinnati.
1: Ooh, Cincy! Yeah, wow. that's that's pretty crazy for a G five team to get it because yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it is hard to believe that uh, the way they recruit, they can some of the teams we just mentioned, but. I mean they they went out there and did it. They're, We're they're one of our listeners real and, happy.
2: And Freeman, he parlayed it into a Notre Dame defensive coordinator job. Yeah. He
1: had a he had plenty uh, of right. options. All right, moving on.
0: Which team had the best offensive big uglies?
1: So I went number one on my ballot, Alabama. It was honestly, a, for me, a pretty easy decision. Landon Dickerson was maybe the best center in the country. Alex Leatherwood, maybe the best tackle. And uh, and Mac Jones, just when you watch the games, he had an eternity to throw. Like I know Steve Sarkeesian did a great job drawing up plays to get Devontae Smith open, but it helps when Mac Jones can stand back there forever. And they were fifth in the nation in short yardage success rates. So great, obviously, blocking for Najee Harris as well.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. I think Alabama was the clear choice, uh, obvious number one again. Um, but, you know, I'll just go to my number two choice here, uh, that they were also very strong, just not quite Alabama level. I'm going to say Ohio State. Um, they were seventh in the nation in rushing yards per game. It seemed like they got better also towards the year went on. Um, they kind of got a little bit more consistent. Um, they were number three in yards per attempt. Um, I kind of like that stat. They're behind Buffalo and Arizona State, who I think played like three games. So not a huge... Uh, some sample size, and of course, Ohio State had to play Clemson, Alabama, Northwestern—some ex- really, really good defenses. So it was really impressive the way they were opening up some holes, especially after losing a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who, you know, was, was a wasn't a decade type of running back for them. So, um, yeah, I would say Ohio State. Those were my top two as well. If I had to give
2: a another nod, it would be BYU. They were just visually impressive with their line play throughout the year. It really jumped off when they manhandled Navy. Uh, at the beginning of the year,
1: they just kind of moved bodies around and they were able to open up holes. All right. And the uh, the fourth bros ballot was Alabama, BYU, followed by Notre Dame, who was second on my yeah. list. They deserve a, a mention as well.
3: They were third for me. They were they were they were very good.
0: Okay. The golden bro or best offensive big ugly goes to Alabama.
1: All right. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a big night for Alabama. I yeah, would think. maybe so. Every All right, year moving on.
0: Which team had the best defensive big uglies?
3: You know, I kind of mentioned them a little bit ago, but I'm I'm gonna say Georgia here. Um and to me, these guys are like the true big uglies because they aren't the ones for Georgia, at least their defense, they aren't the ones putting up these big stats. I um, mean, you can kind of look at their stats and you think, hey, what's these guys aren't putting up that big numbers, but these they they eat up blocks like crazy and they allow those linebackers just to have a field day. Um, so they got guys like Jordan Davis, Malik Herring, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, those guys just those three were just incredible. Um, just a load to handle and then kind of opens up for like a, a guys like Aziz Olajari who had nine and a half sacks. So they just were st- so tough against the run. They even collapsed the pocket. Got a lot of sacks this year. Um, I give a lot of credit to the to that front three that they would have consistently um, going strong for them. So yeah, I'm gonna say Georgia.
2: I actually went. My first choice was actually Pitt. Uh, they were third in the nation, giving up only 93 yards a game uh, rushing. They were Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver, 16 and a half combined sacks on that D line. Weaver actually forced three fumbles as well. They were as good as they come. I mean, and again, this is another instance where very dominant when you don't have that dominant offense on the other side. So
3: they're on the field a, a fair amount. So I without went, their best player coming into the year, essentially that D line. Very, right. they,
1: who did they lose before? Chyman, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. He opted out. Yeah. It's crazy. Pitt, that's happened t- two straight years for Pitt because last year Weaver I think got injured before the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they were still great. Yeah. So I had Pitt number one on my ballot as well they were just they wreaked so much havoc and and stopped the run so not much more you can ask for i want to give a shout out to iowa who was second on my list davion nixon was a consensus all-american on the interior chauncey golston first team all big 10 they were they were loaded so yep. uh, 2.8 yards per rush allowed by iowa very good they were, they were stout and how about the fourth bros ryan
3: yeah, the fourth bros goes to... <laughs> you know, a dramatic <laughs> announcement like Sarah, right? Hey, yeah, good bro, the best defensive goes to fourth bro. Oh, so they had Pitt and Clemson tied for first, and Iowa okay. was third. So, yeah, we're all right on the same track. They, they had right. Clemson,
1: huh? Now we get the dramatic reading from Sarah for the actual <laughs> win. Mine was real dramatic. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> The Golden Bro, the best defensive big ugly goes to Pittsburgh. All
3: right. It's good to see somebody like Pittsburgh get one in there. Exactly. Right. All
1: right. Next award.
0: Who was 2020's surprise team?
1: Well, for me, uh, it
2: begins and ends with Coastal Carolina, the Shants, the the podcast favorite. Uh, I mean, they, they were picked last in the Sun Belt. You've probably heard the story. not But not one person could have forese- saw the season that they ended up having. Uh, I mean, you had a freshman quarterback, a smaller offensive line. You got the big boys of the conference, App State, Louisiana. Um, they were supposed to dominate. And it's just incredible what they ended up doing
1: and, and being the kings of that conference. Yeah, I, I, it's just for me, they were uh, they were number one as well. Um, and th- they beat BYU. Also, like on a yeah. late scheduled game, so they really proved they were legit. Uh, also, shout out to San Jose State; they yes. were picked second to last in their division in the Mountain West before the season. Ended up going seven and zero, winning every game by double digits in the Mountain West. Just crazy. That was nuts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they were. He was like Brenton Brennan was
3: eight and twenty nine in his first three years at San Jose State, and then all wow. of a sudden, boom! This year, it was uh, Starkle. What a what a year for Starkel! And yeah, yeah. Oh, Again, right. the, the, oh well, I, I had coastals for sure, number one, no doubt about it. Uh, and then San Jose State was was my second. It was just those two. And then my third, just they didn't have necessarily produced as far as wins, but I put Arkansas as my third team. Just they improved so much. They were they were a hair from winning like five games this year and going bowling. So um, yeah, the Razorbacks to me, Sam Pittman did an unbelievable job. They they surprised me. That's for sure.
2: Yep. Uh, the fourth bros, they also. Had Coastal Carolina, followed by Indiana and BYU. Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: The Golden Bro for 2020's <laughs> surprise team goes to Coastal Carolina.
1: The Shants. The Shants. I know we've brought this up a million times on the podcast, but this was the team that in our Patreon we selected as our, our G5 team of the year. That we, we just decided to make our second favorite team some random G5 team chose coastal and yeah. they like had the most amazing <laughs> year ever. I can't get over that. I yeah, was, I was awesome. a
2: little skeptical when we chose it, but I'm so glad we did.
3: <laughs> yeah. Wow. All that right. Was so, that was fun for, you know, cause our team stunk in Nebraska. So it's fun to have somebody yeah. else to cheer for. That was actually good for
1: sure. Okay. Next award.
0: Who deserves the Lou Broza award for the nation's best kicker.
1: I love this award um, because you can kind of very easily like, I don't need to go watch film of all these guys. Yeah. I can just kind of <laughs> look at stats here. Yeah. Where did you kick it from? Did you make it? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm going with a guy who was perfect on the year, Jake Oldroyd from BYU. He was 13 for 13. So not a lot of kicks, but he did. He was three for three from beyond 50. So that kind of did it for me. He, uh, he proved it from from a long distance. And I actually have strong feelings about who won the Luke Rosa and you know, why don't you guys tell me who you guys have for for this Lubrosa, and I can I can comment. Well, I, I actually I'm probably going to be um, going
2: against <laughs> what you're. going to come after Your you point right is, now. yeah, you're coming after me. But Jose Borgales, uh from the U, he he for, for yeah so Miami he he ended up winning the Groza like you just mentioned he had a he hit a 57 yarder I always think that's impressive you can hit one from from deep 9 of 11 from over 40 yards made everything inside of 40 all the extra points as well and what's ironic is he was an FIU transfer and he helped beat Miami a year ago
3: yeah mm-hmm. I I agree with Trey I went with Boragales as well sorry Mike Um but it was just the fact that his the impact of his strong leg that actually was kind of um, help them with some games that huge long field goal, of course, of 57. And then just his kickoffs were, were impressive mm-hmm. too. He was a good kickoff guy. So I feel like you can't underrate that as we know from, uh, you know, sometimes we see these kickoffs and it's just atrocious. You just give up good field position. He was, he wasn't one of them. He was great.
1: All right. That's fair. Maybe that's a little extra, extra juice. He's got there, but I just thought that if you're going to go with Ho- Jose Borogales, I thought Kate York from LSU had a better resume because Cade York missed he missed one more kick so Borgallus 20 for 22 Cade York 18 for 21 but he had uh that was with seven attempts from beyond uh 50 yards i think that was like four or five more than uh than Borogales if i if i remember right so he was he was 6 of 7 on those from beyond 50 so the it's degree of difficulty there it's kind of an
3: impossible award to to give it to. So, the, you know, there's the the it's, the it's stats
1: are so close on these. It's so hard it's to true. decipher. It's true. And actually, to your point, the, the fourth bros were split as well. They had a tie for first place between Cade uh, York and Jose Borregalas. And we're but, not even uh,
3: mentoring Will Reichert, who was perfect this year for Alabama. Perfect
1: for Vama. yeah, he had one field goal from beyond 45. So that's why he wasn't. Yeah, that's why I didn't get it. But he was still I, perfect. He made all 100 a, of his kicks. Finally have a kicker exactly uh but this is there's some drama here so who's the who's the ultimate winner sarah
0: the golden bro for the lou rosa award goes to jose oh, Morales of sorry, miami Mike.
1: that's okay that's okay he had a great year. <laughs> I, I, I can live with it. yeah yeah the <laughs> uh all right moving on
0: who was 2020's breakout player
1: this is an obvious uh, one, Ryan. Obvious winner. Obviously. Por
3: supuesto, of course. Uh, I'm going with uh, Grayson McCall, okay. quarterback of Coastal Carolina. The freshman just absolutely led the remarkable year for Coastal. Um, of course, they had a lot of great pieces, but it felt like Grayson was the the swag that they kind of needed to to have such a great year you know he came through in the clutch he was just a study had 33 total touchdowns to just three picks um he rushed for nearly 600 yards averaged 10 yards per attempt passing i mean he was just a gamer whenever they needed it he would pre perform. so he was just so much fun to watch and uh just just a guy like that just getting it done every time he needs to um he was a baller
1: yeah i was and i was being sarcastic when i said it it was obvious because there's like 30 guys you could easily pick for this award. It's this was tough. I had I had yeah. McCall third on my list. I could add him first, but I did have uh safety Brandon Joseph from, from Northwestern at the top of my ballot. Yeah, didn't play as a freshman last year and this year led the nation with six interceptions in only eight games and was a consensus All American. That's pretty dang good. Yeah.
2: yeah, I uh I of course liked Grayson McCall, I had him on my ballot, but I actually. At the top, I had Brees Hall, Iowa State. Uh, you know, a lot of people going into the this year are obviously familiar with more Brock Purdy, but Hall really busted out this year. I mean, he led the nation in rushing. Uh, he had a period of seven straight games where he rushed for over 130 yards, capped it off 136 in the Fiesta Bowl. And then my, I did want to give a hat tip to Jalen Phillips on the D-line for Miami. Yeah. He, he seemed to be kind of a bust of a big-time recruit at UCLA, Transferred to UCLA and Manny or transferred to Miami from
1: UCLA and Manny Diaz had him playing really well uh on that yeah. D line. One more shout out I want to give too is to uh Jordan Strawn from Georgia State, a linebacker. He was a former walk-on and he was a junior this year. In his career, he had one and a half tackles for loss, zero sacks, but this season he was third in the nation with nine and <laughs> a half sacks. Just wow. came out of nowhere. I mean, there's so many guys. I have I have I, I want to mention too. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, go, go for it. it.
3: Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback, transferred from Auburn, just couldn't get it going there. And all of a sudden, he's just like one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, leads a team that only loses one game. And then Carson Strong for Nevada. I mean, he had like 27 touchdowns and four picks. I mean, he was incredible.
1: So yeah, if you looked uh, at our if you if you voted in this uh, and you looked at our ballot, we put like 25 names on there and we had a little other if you want to put someone else. So yeah. Um, Ryan, uh I I shudder to ask you this, but no, I'm ready. Fourth I'm ready.
3: bros go for fourth bros. there was a three-way tie between Grayson McCall, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. All great choices. Okay.
0: The golden bro for breakout player goes Grayson McCall.
1: Yeah, baby. All right. Hey, no, the I'm shots. not rooting. I'm not rooting. <laughs> no, yeah, but they're cleaning up here. Yep. Okay, on to the next award.
0: Who deserves the Chuck Brodnarek Award for the nation's top defensive player?
2: This one was really tough uh, for me. I ended up going with Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. I mean, almost to me, this was almost a career award. Uh, his sophomore year last year was just as good, but this year he was, he was such a force seven and a half tackles for loss. He had four interceptions, including a game winning pick six against Tulane or in overtime earlier in the year, forced mm-hmm. a couple of fumbles all over the field.
1: Um, I'll let you guys get to uh, a couple more and see if you get my other guy. Yeah. I had Zaven Collins at the top of my list as well. He also had an interception to clinch that SMU game. So he, uh, he kind of filled up the, the stat sheet as a linebacker. Uh, my two and three were Patrick Sertan, uh, cornerback for Alabama, just a shutdown corner. I remember Brian Kelly, I guess, before the national title or before the, the semifinal, said, we're just not going to throw at him. So that's kind of the ultimate respect <laughs> for a corner. And then number three, Davion Nixon, I, I brought up earlier, I think, for, for Iowa, defensive tackle. He put up more tackles for loss per game than Ndamukong Sue did his senior year. So that's, wow. that's pretty nuts. Whoa. Yeah, whoa! Wonder if he could have kept that going for another six games. I don't know. That's That's impressive.
3: uh, Pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, And my number one was also Zayvon Collins. Um, you know, he was just all over the place. Uh, My number two was I was I have a couple of different ones here for two and three. I had Talanoa Hufunga, uh, Michael's boy, uh, safety at USC. He was awesome. He averaged over ten tackles a game, three sacks, four picks. Um, USC may not have had a great defense, but Hufunga maybe kept it from being bad because he was. He was all over the place. What a playmaker. Um, and then my third guy, I'm going to give San Jose State a little bit more love here. Cade Hall. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely under the radar. But he had, he was one of the main reasons San Jose State had a resurgence, uh, especially on that D. In just seven games, he had 10 sacks. That was just one half of a sack behind the national leaders. And those those guys had played, there was two guys that was behind, and they had played three more games and five more games than he did. So, you know, give him a handful more games and, you know, he, he would have. I- he could have been breakout player as well. That's another. That's guy. true. I should. Yeah. Very true. Yep. He was a stud. Yeah, I would have had
2: Hofunga if USC played one or two more games. That sixty-two Fair. tackles in six games is crazy. But the yeah, the fourth bros, awesome. they had the, their top two was Zaven Collins along with us and Teron Jackson. Huh? So. coastal Ooh, more love for cool. coastal. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool.
1: good. Okay, who's the winner?
0: The Golden Bro. For the Chuck Brodnarik Award goes to Zayvon Collins.
1: Yep. All righty, some G five love once again. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some quarterbacks here.
0: Who deserves the Davy Bro Bryan Award for the nation's top quarterback?
1: So we have the advantage here compared to the the awards that shall not be named. The Home Depot awards. I guess I will name them, but we are of course much more reputable than them uh of of we had the bowl games we had the the playoff semifinals to to decide who who the best performances were so i'm going mac jones uh if he hadn't already clinched it in the regular season i think that the playoff he had was incredible highest pass efficiency rating in college football history highest ever qbr highest completion percentage ever fifth all time in yards per attempt 41 touchdowns four picks just ridiculous season. I know he's got all that great talent around him, but there's been a lot of guys with really good talent and very few have come close to, to what he did.
3: That's a fair, fair pick, Mike. I, just, I but I'm going to go against it. That's fine. That's uh, fine. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just, I'm, I, I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. Um, I went with him uh, when we did ask this question, like who should win the Heisman? I had Trask ahead of Jones and I, I'm not holding the, the bowl game of his against him at all just because he was practically playing with an entirely new team yep. he wasn't throwing to anybody that he had thrown to in the regular season so that just wasn't fair but he had 46 total touchdowns uh in just 12 games and five picks going into the into the bowl game um so it's you know he threw for more yards per game than mac jones um had m- had four more touchdowns um in one less game than jones so Um, And he didn't have the benefit of a good running game at all. Like it was just all up to him. There was no ground game to speak of for Florida. So it was Trask just making plays left and right.
2: Yep. I feel like if Trask was on Alabama, I don't have really a doubt he couldn't have done at least what, or sniffed what Jones did. He practically did on his own anyways. Yeah, Uh, But yeah, it was hard. You had to go Mac Jones, of course, breaking all those records. And yeah, he's surrounded by those insane weapons. Like you touched on Michael and, you know, the bros' best uh, big uglies, but you still have to throw it and complete 77% of passes. Like, that's not easy to do against air. So, no, you bow down to Mac
1: Jones there. All right. And the fourth bros had Mac Jones number one as well. Uh, a guy we didn't mention who, of course, deserves to be mentioned, Zach Wilson from BYU was there, was second on their list. Yep.
0: The Golden Bro for the Davy Bro Bryan Award goes so to Mac Jones of Alabama.
1: All righty. We've finished with the, the quarterbacks. So what is next, Sarah?
0: Who deserves the golden bro for the nation's top running back?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with Trey already mentioned it. Uh, I'm going with Brees Hall. He had 1,572 rushing yards, which led the nation um, by more than 100 total yards. So uh, easily there. Uh, second in the nation with 21 rushing touchdowns. And he added a couple uh, through the air um, and this was kind of behind Iowa state's offensive line, which going into the year was kind of looked at as like, okay, maybe this is kind of the question point uh, mm-hmm. of Iowa state here. We knew they'd have a good D we knew they a quarterback and Brees Hall was good, but um, the line was probably performed better than we anticipated, but it was still not to be confused with Alabama. Um, and he just, he was just their workhorse uh, making plays left and right. So um, Brees Hall to me was, uh, was number one. That's yeah,
2: totally fair. I, uh, I would have to go with Brees at, at, at the top of my list. But I also liked Jarrett Patterson, Buffalo. Only six games, still had over 1,000 yards, third in the country with 19 touchdowns. And he had the a back-to-back games where he had 301 yards and 409. Like, what a Ridiculous. two-game stretch he had. And so
1: he was a monster. Yeah, I, we all had Brees Hall at the top of our list just because he had... um roughly you know pretty similar yards per carry average to the elephant in the room Najee Harris yeah. who is as large as an elephant arguably um but Harris though we'll we'll bring him up 26 rushing touchdowns really good as a receiver as well like he's a freak as well so he you know yeah he he'd be worthy at the top of the list too elephant in Alabama nice Mike I know, yeah. yeah I thought about that too yeah it really works
3: yeah yeah fair enough
1: all right. Well, the fourth bros,
3: um, they had, they had exam similar thoughts here, but they didn't pick uh Brees Hall. They had Najee Harris and Jarrett Patterson. So that was a snub. What's up, fourth bros? Hey, snub those are two greats. Jarrett, <laughs> Jarrett, Jarrett and, Patrick, and Brees Hall,
1: Navy rushing yards a game. Come on, Brees Hall, man, deserves it. All right, man. we're, we're we'll too big on that. I think we now. know, Sarah. <laughs>
0: The Golden Bro for the nation's top running back goes to Brees Hall, Iowa State.
1: All right. Sorry, fourth bros. There are three Brees Hall votes yeah. overtook to you there. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on.
0: Who deserves the Bro Litnikoff Award for the nation's top receiver?
2: Well, I think hmm. this might be the, the next easiest uh, award of the night, I think. Or yeah. is it? Well, ooh, ooh, yeah, drama, okay. but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's safe to say if you win the Heisman you're as a receiver, you're probably the best receiver and and you know, Devonte Smith, so dominant, fun to watch. He just glides out there. He can catch it on the run, slow down for a back shoulder catch, use him in jet sweeps, you name it. Um, he absolutely crushed every receiver in almost every statistical category there was. So you got to go Devonte Smith.
3: Except <laughs> he Elijah Moore didn't. Elijah Moore was first in the nation in receiving yards per game. And he was first in the nation in receptions per game. That's right. So, I mean, yeah, he was 600 totally receiving yards behind Devonte Smith. But Smith played like, what, six or seven more games than he did. So, or maybe five. I don't know. It was a lot more games. Anyways, <laughs> yards per game was the main thing there. So, I think he's just, I, I agree that it's Devonte Smith. That's my number one pick. He was just incredible. But I don't think Elijah Moore is getting enough credit for how spectacular he was this season. Yeah. He was, I mean, any other year, he would be the number one receiver, no doubt. He
1: was incredible. So Devontae just had all the limelight, that's for sure. Yep, that was my one too. Uh Jalen Darden from North Texas, I had third. Yeah. He was third in the nation in receiving yards and had 19 touchdowns. So big year from him. Kyle Pitts, obviously. I know he's yeah. a tight end, so it's hard to fit him into this receiver group. But yeah, he played like a receiver. Yeah, he was a freak. Yeah. He even missed a couple
2: games and Darden man, he was a gobbler. So the fourth bros, they had Devontae of course, but they actually did go with Pitts as their second place guy. Fair the enough.
0: golden bro for the Bro <laughs> Litnikoff award goes to <laughs> Devontae Smith.
1: Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> okay, let's uh let's move on to the coaching side of things.
0: Who deserves the Frank Broyles Award for the nation's top assistant coach?
1: This is another tough one. A lot of of guys to choose from. I went number one, Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator for Cincinnati that we brought up, of course, moving on to Notre Dame. But Cincinnati having one of the best defenses in the country is just insane with with their level of recruiting compared to to the big guys. So that's why I thought he deserved to be up there. I also want to bring up my number two. Maybe not the the SEC offensive coordinator you'd expect, but Jeff Lebby at Ole Miss coming in. And in this offseason of all offseasons, it should be very difficult to install a brand new offense, especially with a quarterback who didn't have a ton of experience, wasn't the starter last year in Matt Corral. And yet he and Lane Kiffin came in there and they had one of the best offenses in the country. Like it was insane. So um, that that got him just ahead of of Sark for me, even though I know Sark is uh, had a freakishly good season, too. That's right. And I went Sark and going into the year I didn't really
2: have a strong opinion either way on him. But and I know he was handed the keys to a Ferrari, but he was really creative in how he got guys the ball. I mean, if you just watched the national title alone, you saw it on display how he would he opened it up for Najee on he used him in wheel routes, uh opened it up for DeVonte in multiple different ways, uh you know, especially when the defense that's their key uh put Mac Jones in good spots. So that's the reason I went with Sark.
3: Yeah, I agree with, I with Sark as well. Um, you know, leading the best offense maybe ever uh, should, should certainly give you some some major major points here. And yeah, I love the creativity. I mean, you know, teams were going to try to double team Devontae Smith. They didn't want him to catch it. They didn't want him to give up 250 yards in the first half <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. they were just so good at getting it to him in so many different ways. They did, just couldn't help it. Um, but I'll go with my number two here just to give a little shout out to another G5. Kurt Maddox, uh, the defensive coordinator from San Diego State. They were second in the nation uh, in total yards uh, per game given up. So uh, only behind Army, who you know loves to shorten the game. So they were, uh, they were awesome on that side of the ball.
1: Just want to give a little more G5 love. Sure. And the, uh, the fourth bros had Steve Sarkeesian at the top of their ballot, uh, followed by Marcus Freeman.
0: The Golden Bro for the Frank Broyles Award goes to Steve Sarkeesian of Alabama.
1: Very good choice. The focus bros get their way, and same with Ryan and Trey. I, I, can't, I can't argue against that. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. tough. Yep. Moving on.
0: Who deserves the Home D bro Award for the head coach of the year?
3: Uh, this is always a tough one. Do you value somebody that's at the top or do you value somebody that's at the bottom that kind of works their way up? it's uh it's a very hard one to to kind of justify here but uh for my number one i went jamie chadwell coastal carolina um this was kind of america's this was america's darling team this year and certainly the, the podcast darling but uh you know they're a new fbs program just their fourth year um they played you know and arguably the game of the year uh against byu i think that was just maybe the most entertaining maybe we had a little more riding on it than most folks but the game was spectacular um and he did it with you know to have an undefeated regular season with a freshman quarterback with a team that wasn't expected to do very well. Um, it was just magical. And it just, there was just, I feel like you got to give it to him. Just, it was almost seemed like a team of destiny, uh, but he just did a remarkable job with them this year.
1: Yeah. I actually didn't struggle with this one too much either. I, I, or you sounded like did struggle a little bit, but yeah, I had Jamie Chadwell, coastal number one, Brent Brennan, San Jose state. Number two, we brought up their crazy season. Yep. Number three, Luke fickle. I mean, I know they were expected to be good, but, not quite as good as they were. I mean, them for them to go undefeated nearly, nearly beat Georgia, who people thought was a top five type team by the end of the season. Yeah. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. I went with Chadwell as well. And you could just tell the players really rallied and loved him. Uh he's he he got the most out of them. Tom Allen amazed me as well. He was on my ballot, uh outperformed my expectations. And Indiana, then Michael yeah. you, Oh, yeah. And then, Michael, you touched on San Jose State and Brent Brennan. I mean, winning every game by at least double digits is exactly. just yeah. crazy in the Mountain West. Like, if you told me Boise did that, that's one thing, but yeah, San Jose State, whoa.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, I'm just going to quickly read through a few names here. I have to. It's just, there's so many guys you could list here. But Nick like Saban. Mac, Nick Saban, yeah. Alabama. You, uh, yeah. Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Mike New yeah. at Ball State, winning the match. Yes. Kalani yeah. Sataki, BYU. Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Like, the list goes on and on. I, there's Jay Norvell, Nevada. He could have yeah. won. So many guys. No doubt. Okay. Oh, yeah.
3: Fourth Bros. Uh, sorry. Fourth Bros. Uh, they were going with... Uh, they had Nick Saban and Jamie Chadwell at the top. So uh, they, they showed a little more love for the champs. Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
0: The Golden Bro for the Home D-Bro Award goes to... Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina.
1: <laughs> little, little shots homerism yeah. showing up here but i really think just objectively like yeah you look at what their you know their season win total expectation was compared to what they did Well, and he won the the coach of the year as it is so well that's a, that stupid home depot award that no one cares yeah, about yeah a, he won that okay i know <laughs> uh thank you sarah the media uh, <laughs> yeah sarah give us uh give us the next award here
0: what was 2020's game of the year?
1: I feel I feel really bad. What I'm about to say right now, BYU Coastal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mormons versus yeah. Mullets. Like, just the way it came about too, with the the last minute scheduling, two undefeated teams, and it lived up to the hype uh, with Coastal winning 22 to 17, stopping BYU at the one yard line to end it. Like, I I really thought that was the game of the year. I mean, there's there's a few that you could you could have have gone with as well. I want to give love to a couple more. A G five games. What's that? After we go, of course.
3: Fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't want to take our thunder here. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm going to go with, uh, well, I don't want to do it, so I'm not gonna. Clemson, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with a different one. Clemson at Notre Dame, the, the, the one where Notre Dame won, uh, in overtime, double overtime win for, for Notre Dame, maybe the biggest win in, in Brian Kelly's tenure, uh, there. Um, he was, that, that was of course awesome. I, we know Trevor Lawrence was out, but we young came in and played fantastic and their defense was missing a couple guys, but it was just a remarkable game. Number one, going down double overtime. Ian book, led a great drive at the end of the fourth quarter to force overtime. Of course, uh, it was just a magical. And then of course, after this, after the game, the scene was just awesome in South Bend. So um, that kind of justified, you know, that just sent that got him into the, the playoff, of course, but then it just kind of justified. I, I had always felt Brian Kelly was getting a little bit of a, a hard kind of Given a little bit of too much of a hard time for not necessarily getting all the way to the top, even though he's winning like 10, 11 games almost every year. So that was a good justifying win for, for Brian Kelly in my eyes.
2: That was my top game as well. That when Ian book fumbled late in the third quarter in the end zone, you kind of thought, Oh man, well, there it is. Clemson got it. But then he led that 91 yard drive at the end to, to be clutch and, and force overtime. But yeah, that was uh that was quite the game. And then I also got to mention then, um, Indiana Penn State Michael Penix reaching out is just the play that a lot of us will all remember for the this whole season like but before that like Penn State they scored when they didn't want to you had the amazing drive um to force overtime and two-point conversions they were they shouldn't have won the game they were completely outgained that was a crazy game
1: uh Ryan can I now can I speak can I talk about yeah uh, hey now that it's you know where we we went of course go for it Michael okay so Uh, I'll bring up UTSA at Texas State, which was like early in the year. And Texas State took a 41-28 lead late in the game. There was like three and a half minutes left. For some reason, they didn't go for two to make it two touchdowns, which was very dumb. Uh, But it ended up working out for them because uh, Texas State – or sorry, UTSA – wait, I think I got that wrong. Uh, Texas State – it was UTSA that took the lead, right? I think – I might have this wrong. And then Texas state, I think came back. So Texas state scored a quick touchdown. Then they had like a 90 yard punt return touchdown yeah. to, to tie the game. Extra point to win for Texas state. They miss it. So <laughs> they overtime and, and the same kicker for Texas state misses uh, like a 20 yard field goal. It was a chip so UTSA out. ended up winning. I think I have that right now with the the teams, but anyway, it's just a crazy game. It was remarkable. Uh and Ooh, the, the fourth bros agreed with us they had well agreed with me uh, at me at least with taking b y u coastal as as the game of the year uh, but who so won there?
0: the golden bro for the game of the year goes to b y u at coastal carolina <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right i promise. Hey, you could have put you could have put liberty the bowl game in coastal carolina Oh, let's let's bring up more coastal games. Yeah, I mean,
1: why not? Coastal Troy, that was a great like last true comeback. Boom, it was this amazing. The Shauntz podcast. All right, let's get to the award of the night.
0: Who should take home the highly coveted Heisbro Award for the nation's most outstanding player?
2: I mean, you, I'm going Devonte, of course. What else can you say? I mean, he set records left and right. Absolutely dominant by a wide margin in a lot of the receiving categories. And, you know, when Waddle went down, he was the primary target and they still could not slow him down. If anything, he thrived even more. And then his first half in the national championship alone was just remarkable. I really, it would have been fascinating to see what he could have done in the in the second half. I know they would have called the dogs off a little bit, but I wanted to see what he could have yeah, completed. But, uh, but overall was so dominant, very fun to watch. I got to go Devontae.
1: Yeah, I had Devontae Smith. His uh, you know, again we have the advantage here for the Heisman Bro award of being after the the yeah. playoff games and those kind of clinched it for him for me cuz 345 yards and six touchdowns in the playoff and like we said not even playing the second half of the the national title. So, I had him followed by Mac Jones. efficiency was too hard to ignore and Kyle Trask. I didn't dock him too much for that uh that bowl <laughs> game. Yeah. I agree with you
3: guys. Devonta Smith, um, playoff sealed the deal. No doubt about it. Um, I just, as my second and third, I just flipped with you, Mike. I had Trask second, um, and then I put Mac Jones third. So, um, but those were the top three, no doubt in my eyes. And okay. Go and ahead. The fourth Trask. Bros, of course, had to go with Devonta Smith as well.
1: All righty.
0: And the Heisbro goes to. <laughs>
1: lot of suspense. <laughs> oh oh my gosh! Awesome. he was amazing. Wow. That was awesome. He's got to be so pumped right now, Devontae Smith, watching yeah. right now. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll
2: realize. I'm sure he'll send in his accepted speech any moment now,
1: for sure. Um. Okay. Well, we have before we get to our rapid fire awards, we have a little bit of a, a special award here. Uh, Sarah, why don't you introduce that one?
0: Who should? I'm oh, sorry. Who deserves the award for the honorary fourth bro? All
1: right. We are so sorry to the fourth bro. The one Sarah was perfect all night. She was screwed <laughs> up the fourth bro. And the fourth bro gets nothing. No. Uh, this is going to a listener who really helped us out this year. He managed our college football bros pick'em league for free. I mean, <laughs> That makes us sound really (laughs) cheap and stuff. We offered. We said, hey. Hey, "Hey." hey. (laughs) And he was like, no, no, no. I got you guys. So we appreciated that. And uh, he hosted a a Patreon trivia night for us, which was a lot of fun. So Sarah, do the honors for our fourth bro.
0: The Heisbro goes...
1: Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Maybe he doesn't deserve this award. Sarah's yeah. saying he's telling the us. Heisbro, the Heisbro is kind of cool though. <laughs> Actually, maybe the Heisbro should be this award. Yeah. All right. All right. Take two. Take two. We got this.
0: Uh-huh. The Golden Bro for the honorary fourth bro goes to Joel.
1: Yay, Joel. Yeah, Joel. I'm sorry, Joel he also won it. our pick'em league he also he ran it. Right, he won it he which ran it and fishy. won it yeah, yeah it's me. definitely fishy I'm, no yeah. no it's it's legit it's legit and i know that because i think i came in second or i was up there so yeah seems legit to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, checks in the mail joel all right <laughs> <laughs> let's get to some rapid fire awards thank you sarah you did a great job for introducing and announcing all those awards absolutely Yes, so
2: first off, we're going to lead off with the Diaper Dandy Award for the Best True Freshman. The nominees are B. John Robinson of Texas, great year, became dominant late in the year. Malachi Moore, the Alabama corner, locked down opposite of Patrick Sertain. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, five interceptions for Mississippi State. Uh, Kari Coleman, 15 tackles for loss, seventh in the nation for TCU. And then I do got to give some love to Deuce Vaughn, he was, for Kansas State, he was awesome in their upset against Oklahoma. Little Darren Sproles out there. But the winner is... <laughs> <Trauma> suspense. <laughs> Will Anderson of Alabama. Going into the playoff, Anderson led the SEC and all freshmen with seven sacks, 10.5 for loss, 52 quarterback pressures, ranked him second nationally. Pretty impressive for a young pup to do on a national championship team.
1: Yeah, that was sure. one thing Alabama needed was, was pass rushers going into the season, and they were had, having to rely on freshmen, so he stepped up. Yep. Uh, let's get to the next award. Best stat line of the year. We have a lot of runner-ups here, so, Trey, why don't you give us the, the best quarterback stat
2: lines? Sure. We got Graham Mertz, Wisconsin, in his first game against Illinois. 20 of 21, 248, five scores. You got Matt Corral against South Carolina. 28 to 32 513 yards, five touchdowns uh, Malik Willis of Liberty versus Southern Miss, kind of a coming out party 24 31 345, six touchdowns. not to mention he had 97 yards and a touchdown on the ground. and then finally Justin Field's performance against Clemson and then Mac Jones in the national title. those two
1: were crazy in the playoff. All right, the the running back nominees were uh, Jarrett Patterson's two games, 409 yards and eight touchdowns against Kent State, and then 301 yards and four touchdowns against Bowling Green. Uh, And then the the third running back nominee, Cameron Peoples of App State, had 22 carries, 317 yards and five touchdowns against North Texas.
3: Impressive, impressive. Uh, All right, let's move on to the receivers. Uh, So the receivers' first stat line here was from Corey Rucker, uh, from Arkansas State, he had nine catches, 310 yards, and four touchdowns versus Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Kayshawn Boat. LSU Boat. I'd say boot. You know. Okay. <laughs> he, he's he's from the state, the boot. Louisiana. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. You go. Uh, yeah, LSU guy. Uh, he had 14 catches, 308 yards, three touchdowns uh, versus Ole Miss. And let's not forget Devonta Smith in the national title game. In one half, 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Just remarkable. Yep. Moving
2: on to some of our defensive players. We got Grant Morgan, a linebacker from Arkansas. 19 tackles, three for loss, a sack, and a pick six against Ole Miss. Not too bad. Carlton Marital, linebacker for Troy, excuse me. 21 tackles, two and a half for loss, a sack, and a pick versus Coastal. Not too shabby. Charles Snowden, a linebacker for Virginia. Four sacks, forced a fumble against North Carolina. Four sacks, that's, that's a lot. Joseph Pesai, <laughs> linebacker for Texas. Six tackles for loss, three sacks, forced fumble, fumble recovery recovery against Okie State. And then finally, Nick Anderson, a safety for Wake. 11 tackles and three picks against Virginia Tech. And, and he actually, best part, earned a scholarship after the game. All right, but
1: the golden bro for the best stat line goes to Jarrett Patterson, Buffalo, thirty-six carries, four hundred and nine yards, eight touchdowns, like we said against Kent State. Just insane. Ryan, you think he was on your fantasy team last year? Oh my gosh. He really was. Yeah, as was Devonta Smith. So uh, it it's pretty good. Well, and they, they took Patterson out like with a few minutes left in that game, <laughs> yeah. too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he was gonna I break know. records, even more records. Yeah. Come on, Lance leopold all right that's why uh, he didn't get our coach of the year lance leopold yeah, <laughs> mentioned. Nah. you mentioned no you got just he deserved it <laughs> now um moving on to the
2: play of the year so i'm gonna start us off here we've got tulsa we kind of alluded to this earlier tulsa had a hail mary versus tulane uh to- so tulsa was down to their third string quarterback in the game zach smith and seth boomer both got knocked out tulane is up 21 14 Tulsa ends up driving down to the Tulane 37 last play of the game. Davis Brin third stringer threw it up for grabs. Somehow Juan Carlos Santana ends up behind the defense comes down with it as time expires, gets the tie. And then in overtime pick six that ended up being the
1: worst, one of the worst spread beats of the year for, uh, for Tulane. <laughs> and that was Zayvon Collins on that pick six, it was so. the Brode winner, I believe. Um, and then okay last play of BYU at Coastal we got to bring it up again but Zach Wilson had you know one last drive there with under a minute left got it down to I think the the 17 18 or 17 and threw a pass to Dax Milne one yard short stopped at the one yard line kind of like everyone talked about the Tennessee Titans Super Bowl many years ago just just short Kevin Dyson that was great
3: Um, all right I'm gonna go with uh, Cade York's 57 yard field goal uh, to beat Florida. Um, this one was, uh, of course, the game was tied here at 34. Um, and this was the famous uh, throwing the shoe penalty um, against Marco Wilson of Florida that kind of gave uh, LSU a little bit more field goal range uh, extension there, got him into field goal range at least. But th- this game was just crazy because of the fog, the weather. Um, um, it kind of got him like you couldn't even really see what was going on. So the usual TV camera, they couldn't even use because you just couldn't see the field. So yeah. they had to. You used like the over the head one uh, the whole time, so it was definitely weird. But Cade York stepped up, nailed that fifty-seven yarder to to out give LSU a three-point victory um, at Florida. It was a huge upset. But the Goldenboro play of the year goes to
2: Michael Penix and his play versus Penn State. Uh, you know, I mentioned Close it. it Those gets. Yeah, it was Indiana. They were beyond fortunate to be in the position. Uh, but Penn State didn't want to score. They did, gave Indiana a chance to uh, to come down and, and tie it into regulation. But the play, of course, is Michael Penix. They're going for two and the win in overtime. He scrambles, reaches his arm towards the pylon, the ball goes flying. The call on the field was touchdown. And after video review, there was just it looked like he was short, but there's just there was no way of really truly overturning it. And thanks to Penix's long arms, they got the upset win at the
1: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you asked me to make a bet right now, like if God could come down and tell us whether it was short or not, I think I'd bet $0 because I just, I don't know. I yeah, say, there's uh, no way to know. It was I too bl-
2: Live, I thought he was short, but I mean, when you slow it
3: down, it was just too hard to tell. Yeah. Yep. Okay, what's next, Ryan? All right, so next we have the funniest slash craziest play of the year. Um, and the nominees are... Number first one here, we got Liberty's play versus Coastal. Uh, This one was just crazy where Liberty was. okay, so the game was tied at 34. Liberty had the ball first and goal from Coastal's three yard line. Um, So they were trying to do the smart thing. Liberty was Um, they were trying to run the clock down um, and then kick a game winning field goal as time expired. So first down, they give it to the running back, Joshua Mack. He kind of like backs up a couple yards just to make sure he doesn't go in goes down so now it's second down but the clock is running the clock is running second down is where i got crazy uh so they do the same thing they hand it off to joshua mack except this time he kind of inches toward the line of scrimmage for some reason and coastal carolina is like they they're trying to let him score like they want him to score so they kind of grab him and try to kind of like pull him <laughs> towards the end zone then the offensive <laughs> line from uh from Liberty's trying to pull him back like so he doesn't score it's kind of like backwards football you know um but then he ended up fumbling, like Coastal ended up stripping it, recovering it. And the game ended up going to overtime, where luckily for Joshua Mack, Liberty ended up winning. But it was just such a weird, bizarre sequence. Liberty was trying to do the right thing. It statistically is the right thing to do, but execution. And Coastal was, was trying to get him to do yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Please, Coastal. please do it. Yeah, come on in. But no, it was just, uh, it was nuts. That was quite a quite an ending to that game. That
2: was crazy. Uh, I had won Rutgers and Indiana They had a lateral uh, Rutgers fourth and 32 late in the game. They're down 16. They're desperate. This play ends up taking 34 seconds. There were eight laterals. You had offensive linemen throwing it over their heads blindly. Uh, They ended up going backwards about 20 yards before going forward. And they ended up just after all the the pitches, they end up scoring what looks like a touchdown, but apparently one of the laterals was slightly forward. So it ended up not counting, but incredible
1: play. And that was a touchdown for the cover. Would have been a touchdown. For I net, know. Would have been a bad beat. But I'll I'll one up you on this play because Western Michigan against Ball State. Uh, this this play took a minute, and <laughs> and it was a big game. Like the winner goes to the MAC title. Ball State's up three. Last play of the game. Western Michigan sixteen laterals. Ball State stormed the field during the play. Somehow they didn't ever tackle anybody. And uh, Western Michigan scored a touchdown for the win to go to the MAC title, but it also got called back on a, <laughs> a forward lateral. So, oh, almost the craziest play! I think that would so have been crazy going play in on history. Yes,
3: it's it's hard not to lateral forward when you're running pretty far, pretty fast. Because just mm-hmm. by you got to throw it like you can't just throw it sideways because it's going to go forward. You got to throw it like almost directly behind you because the speed of the ball is also the, you gotta that you got to get into consideration. So the physics, it's hard. wow. Wow, you know, I mean, it's it's like the Stanford Cal game, like that last pitch. I think yeah. The one. Uh, all right, but the golden row for funniest slash crazy play of the year goes to the Marco Wilson throwing the shoe. <laughs> Helped LSU
1: move along down the field. There, blew the Just game crazy, and Unreal. at the time eliminated Florida from uh, from playoff contention. Pretty yeah, much. it did. That was All right, moving on to we only got a few awards left here but the g5s men it's the heisman of the g5 the runner-ups were malik willis at liberty carson strong nevada dylan gabriel ucf jarrett patterson buffalo sincere mccormick running back for utsa jalen darden north texas receiver but the winner of the g5s men it's a homer pick grayson <laughs> mccall quarterback <laughs> for coastal carolina i mean he led coastal to an undefeated regular season Fifth in the nation in pass efficiency, and he was a great runner. So, deserved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. I'm going to move on to the
2: upset of the year. Uh, some of the nominees are Kansas State plus 27 and a half against Oklahoma. They won 38 35 early in the year. Wild. Rice was getting 24 and a half from Marshall. They won 20 to zero. That was weird. very mystifying. Maryland was getting 27 and a half against Penn State. They ended up winning 35-19 to his brother was looking good. Uh, Michigan State, they were getting 21 and a half against Michigan. They ended up beating Harbaugh, and they kind of owned that little rivalry late, lately. And then Tulsa was getting 20 and a half against UCF, and they won 34-26. And at the time, that was quite the upset. Yeah. But the upset of the year award goes to... LSU, plus 24 against Florida. They won 37-34. No one saw it coming. Kyle Pitts out. Gators too good with that offense. No way LSU is going to keep up. But fog, yeah. shoe throws,
1: spider cams. (laughs) Cade York, crazy upset. All righty. The final award is my favorite. It is the Art Sitkowski Award for the worst quarterback stat line of the year. (laughs) By the way, Art Sitkowski – had the second most pass attempts this year without an interception. So I really think this award kind of motivated him. He was, he's it really did was not a, not Redemption. a nominee this year. Redemption for sure. He was like, not he pick. What's that, Ryan? He would have rather thrown it into
3: the ground than give his guy a chance, but maybe get an interception. He was that <laughs> determined not to throw. <laughs> a about that. I'll
1: show those bros. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's the nominees. Grant Wells in that, that game against, uh, yeah, it was against rice. No touchdowns, five picks. Not great uh matt corral uh for for ole miss he very easily could have had two nominations for the best games list and the worst games but his worst one here was against arkansas two touchdowns but six picks and a lost fumble katravis marsh of usf against cincinnati six for 13 39 touchdowns zero touchdowns That's a lot of touchdowns oh did That's i say it. 39 touchdowns <laughs> yeah. 39, yeah sorry sorry <laughs> six attempts how does that happen uh chase cunningham middle tennessee against troy two for seven, 10 yards two picks uh, arkansas also a little shout out to a wide receiver uh Traylin burks their star receiver threw it four times this year he was 0 for four with two picks so maybe, <laughs> maybe don't try it anymore maybe stop the trick plays there but the art sitkowski award for the worst quarterback stat line goes to aaron allen of louisiana tech for his performance against georgia southern 10 for 24 so 24 attempts 41 yards no touchdowns three interceptions 24 attempts for 41 wow that is a whopping 1.7 yards per attempt so that would have made freshman year uh art sitkowski very proud no doubt about it wow that's brutal. so there you have it that uh that'll do it for this year's golden bro awards thanks again to sarah for hosting round of applause for sarah and for making all of these images. She makes all the images for the podcast, all the backgrounds. So, thank you very much, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, Thanks for the nice. fourth
1: rose for voting. Appreciate that. If you haven't already, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, helps our downloads. If you're listening, subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get up to 1,000 subscribers. We're at like 470, I think. So, ways to go, but we're climbing. Uh, and we will see you next time.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.